The following podcast is a serialization from a live presentation on the commentary of Imam Nawawi's 40 Hadith by Hafi Sha'ban for the weekly live learning show on Inspire FM. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Qayyumis Samawati Wal Ardin, Mudabbir Al Khala'ike Ajma'in, Ba'ithir Rusul, Salawatuhu Wa Salamuhu Alayhim Ajma'in, Ilal Mukallafin, Lihadayatihim, Wa Bayani Shara'i Iddin, Bidala'ili Al Qata'iyya, Wa Wadihati Al Barahin, Ahmaduhu Ala Jami'i Ni'amihi, Wa As'aluhu Al Mazid Min Fadlihi Wa Karamih. وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له الواحد القهار الكريم الغفار وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله وحبيبه وخليله أفضل المخلوقين المكرم بالقرآن العزيز المعجزة المستمرة على تعاكب السنين وبالسنن المستنيرة للمسترشدين المخصوص بجوامع الكلم وسماحة الدين صلوات الله وسلامه عليه وعلى سائر النبيين وآل كل وسائر الصالحين ما بعد رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وهل العقدة من لسان يفقه قولي رب زني علما اللهم انفعني بما علمتني وعلمني ما ينفعني وزدني علما الحمد لله على كل حال وأعوذ بالله من حال أهل النار اللهم إني أعوذ بك من الأربع من علم لا ينفع ومن قلب لا يخشى ومن نفس لا تشبع ومن دعاء لا يسمع إنما الأعمال بالنيات وإنما لكل مرئ ما نوى أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته I start with the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, these opening words and the opening ayats, uh, the opening sentences that you heard were all the praise and the glorification of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We all praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to also send his salutations upon his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on all of the, the prophets and the rusul who were sent with the, the clear proofs. Uh, the clear evidences uh, and the, the clear deen and, and the clear, clear sharia uh, for, for it to be followed uh, as a guidance for, for mankind. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of course to also bless uh, all of the, 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 the family and the, the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and all of those who follow them until Yawm uh, al uh, with those words, we also ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us ikhlas, to give us sincerity, to cleanse our hearts, to cleanse our minds, to cleanse it from all polluted intentions and objectives except for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are here only to seek the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Any other intention that creeps into our minds is a pollution and is a, is, a, is, a, is spoiling our our intention and our actions. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, subhanahu wa ta'ala to purify our hearts, our minds, okay, and our intentions inshallah ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he gives us a benefit from this knowledge that he has given us and he has allowed us to share it and to discuss it and we also ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from knowledge uh, that we benefit from the knowledge from a heart which fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that we are content and that we uh, and that our du'as are responded to by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala those are, those are roughly the, the opening du'as and the opening ayats that we recite uh, and, and of course we are following the the, the muqaddama the taqdeem of uh, Imam an as he would use it in his book Arba'in an and and with those words I want to say Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to all my listenership uh, on the weekly live learning show with me Hafi Shaban every Thursday from 7pm to 8pm uh, broadcasting live from the studios of Inspire FM from Luton on a 105.1 FM and it is 01582481822 is the number here in the studio 0779481822 is the number for your social media messages and that is in the form of SMS or WhatsApp messages and of course to share your feedback your suggestions or your constructive criticisms. 
we will be continuing with our uh, with our journey uh, with our conversation with our reflection uh, with our pondering on the the hadith of arba'in and nawi inshallah ta'ala we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he facilitates our conversation we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he opens up our hearts and our minds to absorb the, the uh, what will be discussed and we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he allows us to then actually you know permeate that into our into our actions uh, permeate that into our minds so that our thinking is uh, clarified it is purified it is and condensed through uh, the culture and through the discussion of this hadith and our action most importantly our actions are, are there for a reflection of uh, the conversations and on uh, and of the discussions that we will be inshallah ta'ala uh, proceeding with inshallah right so we're going to be starting hadith to, to, to in today's session in bismillah ta'ala and uh, a, a very quick wrap up of uh, hadith one we we discussed it for almost 4 weeks right which was the famous hadith of innam al-a'mal bin niyat wa innama likulli mar'in ma nawa all the way to the ila akhirihi to all the way to its end and uh, last week we were discussing or the week before in fact we were discussing with regards to intentions and, and and mixing of the intentions we discussed about al-niyyah and ikhlas okay we also discussed you know and, and we did, we went into a lot more details with regards to actions and sincerity actions and intentions both need to go in hand in hand we also discussed about mixing one's intention you know one starts off with a pure intention and then you know realizes that you know what another thought a shaitan has put in a waswas another thought has crept into into one's intention how do we purify that how do we how do we clear our intentions by going back to and reverting back to you know remembering that we're doing this for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala controlling one's intention and purifying one's heart right these are the last two components that I wanted to very quickly touch upon that the whole conversation around Inia is that it's something that you know is within our hearts right it's something within our hearts which is which is a drive which is the driving force for us in terms of entertaining and engaging in a particular action right so it's an intention that's deep in our heart that intention should be based upon uh, you know the pleasing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala our actions should also be in compliance with the shara of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam we realize that we're human beings we realize that you know whilst we're seeking or trying to seek the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we're prone to you know our intentions getting mixed and confused and and spoiled by you know by seeking something other than the pleasure of Allah i.e. something material something you know from this world seeking praise seeking attention seeking uh, you know any of these you know attributes right and shaitan is the one who plays on on upon our minds constantly plays upon our minds constantly plays upon our hearts and tries to pollute you know those actions tries to pollute our intentions so it's very very important that we you know don't allow our intentions to become mixed right don't allow our intentions to become mixed and and we purify them right and when we realize that our intentions are being mixed and there's something that you know this coming from shaitan a waswas that's coming from shaitan or or from uh, from the inner nafs seeking for example you're you're giving money for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but then the 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 desire for that to be known by others creeps in the desire for that to be announced creeps in the desire for your name to be mentioned creeps in and 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 so on and so forth the the, the fact that you're reciting the Quran for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but you are heard by others and the desire to be known as a qari creeps in the desire to be known as the one who is reciting creeps in so again you're going away from seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and now you're seeking other than you're seeking praise you're seeking someone to praise you to know you as as the qari right the fact that is that you're giving a talk you're giving you know uh, a khutbah you're giving a reminder you're giving a, a, a lecture on the radio you give it an interview and you realize that the words are eloquently flowing from your mouth and you are able to compose a couple of good sentences without making a fool of yourself and the ego kicks in and the praise kicks in and you think you know what people will you know this is a, a video and this is an interview that ought to be seen by others because in it I was eloquent and then again you move away from seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to seeking you know the praise of individuals who say you know mashallah you know Hafiz Shaban speaks very well 
Astaghfir Allah. Oh, mashallah, you know, Fulan, Fulan speaks very well. Oh, he gave a fantastic lecture. And therefore, that is an ego that kicks in. Again, we, bec- we allow our actions to become polluted by other than the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, other than the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that will void our actions, that will waste our actions. And we do not want to make- meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with our actions void. And therefore, when that thought creeps in, we need to deal with that thought immediately. Immediately, we need to deal with that thought. And the way you practically deal with that thought is by reprimanding yourself, by reminding yourself, by extinguishing that thought, by, by, by not doing the action that, that ignites that thought in the first place. So, you know, seeking the announcements, seeking the attention, seeking, you know, praise in front of others, trying to conceal those actions that you can conceal so they remain between you and Allah subhanahu and that is and, and then being cognizant we discussed this previously being cognizant being aware being alert con- controlling your actions being on, in, on top of the reason why you're doing the action and one of the things that we discussed with regards to niya and actions was that one the highest form of the one who transforms all of his actions even his mandubats even his you know sunnah and non faraids into rewardable actions is the one who always associates you know the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with all of his actions i.e. he always constantly you know connects all of his actions to seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from going to the gym to approaching his wife to eating something to changing garments everything seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then he transforms all of these everyday actions into rewardable actions inshallah ta'ala right so if you're more cognizant and we're more cognizant of our actions, then we're more cognizant of our intentions and we control those intentions. We, we don't allow those intentions to be mixed. Now, controlling one's intention, it is within the ability of all of us. We are all capable of controlling our actions. It is uh, our intentions, sorry. It is not the fact that, it, that the, the control of our intentions is beyond our capacity and capability. Right, and we discussed this, otherwise, we wouldn't be accountable. Right, we wouldn't be accountable. The accountability is based upon the fact that me and you, as insan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wa hadayn okay, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, uh, Did we not show them the two paths? Right, no, 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 this was the ayah that I was waiting for. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala defines very clearly in detail the faculties that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the insan. He has given the insan the eyes, he's given the insan the aql, he's given the insan all of the faculties, all of the senses, senses that are needed to be able to make, and then he's provided him with the guidance and he's showing him the two paths. So he has given him everything that he needs to make a, an informed decision or a correct decision. And that is why a, a part and parcel of those faculties that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us is the ability to control our actions, control our intentions. Right. Now it's not all as easy as it may sound right and it's you know in the reality the day by day the 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 life that we live the world that we live in the dynamics the 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 forces that are working against us our environments our atmospheres the the shayateen you know the shayateen in the form of men individuals they are all working and, and the circumstances work against us is very, very difficult. This is theory that I'm discussing with you. Very easy. It sounds in theory. In reality, when all of those dynamics are working against you, the circumstance, the situation, the tension, the pressure, we make mistakes. We make mistakes. We, you know, we, uh, we, we do something that we shouldn't have done. We react the way we shouldn't have reacted. We think the way we shouldn't have thought. Right, and sometimes we're influenced by other external factors. And wallahi, I can tell you, a lot of the times, it's in, it's incredible how shaitan puts crazy ideas in your mind, crazy ideas in your mind, right? And I can, and, and I know when I'm angry uh, with a, with an individual, or I'm angry with a, with regards to a person, and you know, and my mind is now flo- flowing freely, it's flowing freely, and it's thinking the wildest of thoughts. 
is thinking the wildest of thoughts and shaitan is putting these thoughts into your heart and into your mind go and do this and do this and do that and hurt this person in this way and and you know get get your back with the, with this person in a particular way do this to the person that person did this to you that and so on and so forth i think you all get the picture right it is in those circumstances that you know of course we we refer to the to the sunnah we refer to the hadith of the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam how we try to control that situation how we walk away from that circumstance how we seek the refuge in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the curse shaitan how we you know don't act upon you know that spur of the moment uh, uh, but that is when it's so so crucial that we control our intentions we control our minds and we ask allah surely these thoughts and these uh, in, uh, you know these uh, uh, and this imagination and these crazy ideas are from shaitan and we stay away from it and that is why wallahi i thank allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the greatest ni'mah of islam because islam all those crazy ideas the fact that these crazy ideas come to your mind it is not haram for these crazy ideas to come to your mind necessarily because these crazy ideas are always coming through our mind but what do we do we uh, when they come through our mind we make them exit our mind immediately because we realize this is from shaitan this is haram this is not from islam so we exit that intention immediately right that's very very important you exit that intention immediately and then you substitute it with something pure from islam right that is the most important thing and you do not act upon those intentions and my point here was is that if we didn't have islam you know i'm gonna call islam almost like the filter if we didn't have Islam to filter all of this, you know, garbage, yeah, all of this rubbish that comes from shaitan, wallah, and we acted upon all of this, you know, that is when you hear these stories, these crazy stories of people reacting the way they do, you know, on the spur of the moment. We, wallahi, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection, right? Uh, and that is when you don't have Islam, then you do as you uh, as you wish, right? But subhanAllah, Allah has given this ability for us to control our intentions, control our minds, uh, at least control what comes into our minds, and then to control our actions, inshallah. And, and, and another point um, is not the, the conversation today, but the zikrullah. Zikrullah, to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, wallahi, one of the blessings of uh, of Inspire FM, right, is these reminders that constantly are being, you know, played on the airwaves you know by the blessings and the barakah of of you know these mediums and and these means of you know culturing our community inspire fm you know wallahi one of one of the the greatest blessings that i share with you today is is listening to the the morning program in inspire fm and you listen to the azkar of the subh Right, the azkar of the morning, subhanallah, and then you 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 get into this custom and into this habit of repeating the azkar of the morning, repeating the azkar of the evening, and you open the morning with the praise of Allah subhanahu wa taala by the fajr salah, and then the azkar of the subh in the in the in the, in the footsteps of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi and you ask Allah, oh Allah, I I have got up this morning. With your permission, O oh Allah, you know, bless my day for me, O oh Allah, make my e my day easy for me, O oh Allah, remove the hardship from this day, O oh Allah, remove the evils of this day. And subhanAllah, it is a combination of all of these factors, remembering Allah in the morning, remembering Allah in the evening, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then, Wallahi, facilitates your heart, your mind, your actions, and your day. Right? So it's a combination. Now, another uh, last final point was purifying one's heart. Right, so all of this that we've discussed over the last few weeks, and Subhanallah, if you imagine, this is one hadith. Four weeks we've been discussing this hadith, right? Right, purifying one's heart. Now, it's th these are not, you know, uh, mechanical, medical processes that happen in the LND. Right, these are not processes that can happen through private healthcare insurance, you know, courtesy of any, you know, you know, private medical, you know, insurance provider. This is a process of purifying one's heart that you as an individual have to perform on a daily basis, on a constant basis. This is your own personal, right? What is that process that, you know, dialysis, right? Of your own heart that you have to perform. Purify that heart. And you purify that heart by the remembrance of Allah. You purify that heart 
by the faraids, by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fulfilling the ibadat. You, you, I mean, there's no purifying of the heart without the, the faraid. You have to start at the faraid. If you're not performing the faraid, then you know what? We're very, very far from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because we're not even fulfilling our obligations. So those are mandatory and, and they're given. So that's why I don't mention them. right? But on top of that, following the sunnah, reciting the Quran, reciting the azkar, right? These are all ways of, you know, attaching my heart to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, attaching my heart to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in my constant struggle, referring back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, asking oh Allah, oh Allah, you are the one who changes the heart. You are the one who knows my circumstance and my trial and my tribulation and my, and my, and my hardship that I'm traversing through. Oh Allah, I seek your help in this moment of, of hardship. And purifying one's heart is a constant process. I can't purify your heart for you, right? Because I don't know, right, what is the health of your heart, right? You know, I go to, you go to gym and you go and, and do a, a health check and the, and the machines can tell you a lot of things about your body and about your health. But there's no machine that can tell you how, how healthy is your heart. I don't mean in the medical and the biological sense. I mean from a perspective of deen. How healthy is it? How well connected is it with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And how, how dark is it? With bughd and with hasad and, and, and with enmity and with dark thoughts and the, all, all of these dark you know, feelings that we are, we are discussing. And in this society, it fills your heart and your hearts and your minds and your feelings and your emotions with nothing but the desire of this dunya, the desire of fame and the desire of self-gratification, self-glorification and everything you know, other than what Islam stands for. And we're talking about sincerity and we're talking about the cleansing of the heart. We're talking about the cleansing of the, the mind for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you got all of these forces working against you. So therefore the forces that you need to work with and the work on your heart, right, is, the, uh, is what I've described. And that's because the forces of shaitan. The forces of your soul, yourself, right? Okay, the forces of society are all working in the opposite direction. So repeat that, the shaitan and the shayateen and the waswas of the shayateen. Our souls, right, who desire ease, who desire convenience, who desire comforts, who desire the material worlds, because that is what our souls are being fed. Right? And then our whole environment and our society is pushing us in a particular direction and we need to be churning in the completely the opposite direction. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I want to conclude this hadith, number one hadith, so we can move on to second hadith. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Inna Allah la yanzur ila suwarikum wa amwalikum walakin yanzur ila qulubikum wa amalikum. Verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not look at your shapes or your wealth, but he looks at your hearts and your actions, right? And subhanAllah, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, you know, we are amongst those فَمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُوا لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ أَحَدًا We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we are amongst those who desire the hope for the meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we do our righteous deeds and we do, Wallahi, I said to you, one of my greatest fears is our actions that we perform. You know, we, 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 uh, we, 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 we think that we've accumulated all of these actions, we've sent them forth, we're doing the, the sunnans and we're doing all of the other actions and we're, you know, we're, our intentions are are corrupted and our farids are corrupted and then we find that with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there's an empty plane because all of our deeds have been wasted I ask and that is my one of my greatest fears and I ask Allah oh Allah uh, you know uh, protect us protect us from being amongst those that you describe in the Quran as right the ones who who do these deeds and they meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when they meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because of their kufr, because of their disbelief, it, it, they find a mirage. They find that all of their deeds have been wasted, right? All of their deeds have been wasted. And it's an empty plane, a barren plane. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from that, inshallah ta'ala. 
And, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he allows us to work on our hearts, uh, work on our hearts so that we purify our hearts, we purify our, you know, subhanahu look at the connection, we purify our hearts because it is our hearts, you know, which in, in where our intentions, our desires are stem from, our intentions stem from, our de determination stems from, and you purify that and we connect that with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we say we want to seek the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we cleanse it from everything but the pleasure of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he accepts this you know discussion, this reflection on the hadith one from me. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he allows us to purify our hearts, our purify our minds, and allow us to do our deeds for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Oh Allah, remove the 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 dis deficiencies and the discrepancies and then the and all of these things that creep into our hearts and our minds. Ameen. Right, we're going to go into a commercial break. Uh, when we come back into the commercial break, we go into Hadith uh, Athani. Uh, and that's a, another powerful Hadith, inshallah, that we're going to be starting. And that's the second Hadith of in the collection of uh, Arba'in and Nawi. Uh, just to remind you that you are with me, Hafi Shaban, on the weekly live learning show every Thursday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. On Inspire FM, one FM, uh, you know, do share your thoughts and your feedback and your your th questions with me. Zero one five eight two four eight one eight double two is the number here in the studio. Zero triple seven nine four eight one eight double two is the number for your SMS WhatsApp messages. We come back, we come back, and we go straight into Hadith two, and that is the famous Hadith, also narrated. <clears throat> On the authority of Umar ibn al-Khattab, also very famously known as the Hadith of Jibra'il But let's start that Hadith when we come back from the commercial break, inshallah. Remember me in your du'as uh, until uh, we come back from the commercial break. Don't go away. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Alhamdulillah, salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And welcome back to a uh, weekly live learning show with me, Hafi Shaban, every Thursday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, live uh, from the studios of Inspire FM, 105.1 FM, 01582481822, uh, 0779481822 is the number here in the studio. I, I, I would like to hear from my listeners. Uh, I would like to hear your feedback, your comments, your thoughts on our conversation. We have concluded our commentary and our reflection on the hadith uh, al-awwal, the first hadith. Uh, very, very famous hadith that verily the actions are but by intention. Uh, Insha'Allah, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he accepts that conversation and our discussion and reflection from us. We are now moving on to hadith 2. Hadith 2 is again another famous hadith. And remember, one of the objectives that are laid down for my listeners and for myself is that every as we proceed from one hadith to the second hadith, let's make it an intention and let's make it a... a a target to memorize that hadith, right? One of the reasons uh, why you know this the collection of forty hadith we discussed this long time ago is, was very popular amongst the scholars was because of the hadith of the one who preserves forty hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam conveys them, you know, conveys them, preserves them, teaches them, and you know him being guaranteed and promised Jannatul Firdaus inshallah in the various hadiths that we discussed right so the first hadith إنما العمال بالنيات وإنما لكل مرئما نوى فمن كانت حجرته إلى الله ورسوله فحجرته إلى الله ورسوله ومن كانت حجرته لدنيا يصيبها أو امرأة ينكيها فحجرته إلى ما هاجر إليه that should be I'm, I'm, I'm now going to assume that all my listeners have memorized that hadith right if you've memorized that hadith I want to hear from you uh, and if you're memorizing that hadith I want to know from you and if you haven't memorized the hadith, you got a few weeks to 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 memorize that hadith because we're gonna move on to the second hadith. And as you can as you will be able to see now, second hadith is a bit longer, uh, right? But you know what? I, I'll tell you one thing: the wording of the hadith is is very easy, right? Uh, so inshallah ta'ala, don't be put off by the length of the hadith. Let, let's go through the hadith in Arabic first. We'll do some of the sharh of the hadith in Arabic. We'll do a bit of translation that I've studied uh, with some of the shaykh earlier, uh, and then we're gonna do the reflection. Uh, uh, and some of the lessons from this hadith.
الحديث رايت سو الحديث الثاني عن عمر عن عمر ابن الخطاب رضي الله عنه ايضا قال بينما نحن جلوسنا عند رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ذات يوم اضطلع علينا رجل شديد بياد الثياب شديد سواد الشعر لا يرى عليه اثر السفر ولا يعرفه منا احد حتى جلس إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فأسند ركبتيه إلى ركبتيه ووضع كفيه على فخذيه وقال يا محمد أخبرني عن الإسلام فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الإسلام أن تشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمد رسول الله وتقيم الصلاة وتؤتي الزكاة وتصوم رمضان وتحج البيت إن استطاعت إليه سبيلا قال صدقت فعجبنا له يسأله ويسأله ويصدقه قال فأخبرني على الإيمان قال أن تؤمن بالله وملائكته وكتبه ورسله واليوم الآخر وتؤمن بالقدر خيره وشره قال صدقت قال فأخبرني عن الإحسان قال أن تعبد الله كأنك تراه فإن لم تكن تراه فإنه يراك قال فأخبرني عن الساءة قال ما المسؤول عنها بأعلم من السائل قال فأخبرني عن أمارتها قال أن تلد الأمة ربتها وأن ترى الحفاة العرات العالة رئاع الشاء يتطاولون في البنيان ثم انطلق فلبست مليا ثم قال لي يا عمر, يا عمر أتدري من السائل قلت الله ورسوله أعلم قال فإنه جبريل أتاكم يعلمكم دينكم رواه مسلم right? So that is the second hadith and as I said in my earlier a comment you might think wow that's a long hadith but this is a very famous hadith uh, very well quoted and, and you know this is a hadith of that we we will discuss now but it's a, a, one of, another one of those bedrock hadith a hadith, a hadith that lays down a foundation for for a lot of our understanding uh, for a lot of our understanding in fiqh in, in and also in sunnah also is one of those hadiths which is a foundation and a bedrock for our understanding of aqidah belief right is one of those foundational foundational hadith which you know sets out for us in very categorical terms in terms of uh, belief and the style of the hadith is incredible the style of teaching the sahaba radiyallahu anhum the way of uh, the style of te- teaching us is amazing is incredible right and this you will find on a number of occasions uh, you know happened uh, during the time of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and of course the, the sahaba of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and this is in fact let me go through the hadith right so it's uh, it's also also narrated by this first hadith and second hadith both narrated by umar ibn al-khattab and umar ibn al-khattab he narrates this hadith and he says one day you know we were sitting with the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam right so one day imagine we were sitting with the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the glorious in the blessed company of the messenger of allah and suddenly you know appears before us a man right so a man comes before us and there's a number of commentaries on, on this right in terms of the man came right from the back towards the front crossing over you know the different rows of sahaba who were sitting you know around the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam until this man comes right in front of the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam now normally think about it if you're sitting in the masjid you're sitting in a company you're sitting in your local vicinity your local town and you know what you know a, a total stranger comes into the masjid the local masjid you know you're going to look at that person and you think who is this person because you haven't seen him before and you know he is out of town right or he's not out of that area because you know the people of that area right so, and and generally you know majority of the people or most of the people so when you get a stranger or a visitor is always going to call is is always going to catch people's attention now what was so specific and so special and so distinguished about this particular man is at the time okay let me just read it to you before okay so the the man the umar ibn khattab he says immediately this man has now caught the attention of umar ibn khattab why because his clothes were exceptionally white right so he's wearing these incredibly white you know like that moon right clothes white exceedingly white without any 
you know, any semblance of, you know, dirt or mark right, on them. And his hair is exceptionally black. And there's no signs that this man has traveled, right? And none of us have ever seen him before. Not, none of us know him. So if you don't know him, you've never seen him before. He's not from Mecca. He's not from, uh, you know, around Mecca. And if he's a traveler and he's come from a far off distance land, then you're going to bound to know that this, uh, this man is a traveler because his, his hair is going to be disheveled. His, his, his hair is going to be have dirt. You know, his clothes are going to be show signs of, of, of journey. I mean, imagine you are wearing your sharpest, you know, dress, your sharpest, you know, shirt, your sharpest suit, and you drive from Luton to Leeds. By the time you get to Leeds, you've got creases all over your shirt, right? Creases all over your clothes. By the time you get out of the car, and you go into the, the final destination, whether it's a wedding, it's an event, it's a dinner, it's someone's home. There's some signs of travel upon you. Right? But there's no signs of travel. And, and in the time of the, of the Sahaba and Rasulullah, it was a lot more difficult because of the travel and the means of travel. So, as if that's not enough, right? This man, he walks up. And as I said, some of the commentators say that he actually crossed over and, you know, climbed over, you know, a lot of the other Sahaba who were surrounding the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And what does he do? He walks right up. He walks right up and he sits down right next to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now, in fact, again, the commentators, they say he comes and sits right in front of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam now. Right in front of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I mean, you can imagine, you know, who would be immediately around the circle of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam apart from his closest of his companions, right? So they are always so close to the Messenger of Allah. But this man, he comes and he sits right next to the Messenger of Allah. In fact, they say his knees were against the knees of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He places the palms of his hands on his thighs imagine that Allahu Akbar right next to the messenger of Allah right opposite the messenger of Allah he's put his hands on the thighs of the messenger of Allah right so he's definitely a stranger he's definitely not known he's a foreigner he's an alien to the, to the people and then he says oh Muhammad oh Muhammad no one would call the prophet by oh Muhammad no one Apart from the, the, the Quraysh or, or the disbelievers, they would you know, call uh, the Prophet ﷺ by Muhammad or, or Muhammad ibn Abdullah or you know, the words to that extent. Even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to the Messenger of Allah as Ya Nabi or Ya Rasul in the Quran al-Kareem. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum you know, refer to him in, in the most beautiful of laqabs and, and titles. And here's this Total stranger, this total Bedouin, he's done all, he, he's caught everyone's attention. He sat right up next to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu He places his hands on his thighs, which denotes proximity, closeness, someone who's familiar with you. You know, you don't get a stranger coming and sitting like in, in, in such intimacy with his hands so close, to, uh, rested on the thighs of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu You don't get a stranger doing that, right? But then his next words are surprising because he says, Oh Muhammad. So he's really caught the attention of the Sahaba. And they are fully connected and fully tuned in now to this man. Who is this man? What is his agenda? What is his question? You know, for more than one reasons. And what does he say? He says, Oh Muhammad, tell me about Islam. Tell me about Islam. So the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa now begins to answer the questions raised by this man. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa states, Islam is to testify. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ الْإِسْلَامُ أَنْ تَشْهَدْ أَلَّا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَأَنَّ مُحَمَّدَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ To establish the salah, to pray, to, uh, you know, establish, and to, uh, to, and to give the zakah, to fast in Ramadan, and to make the pilgrimage to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you are able to. And as if the behavior, and as if the appearance, and as if all of this up to this moment hadn't shocked and hadn't caught the attention of all of the Sahaba who were surrounding the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi the next words that are uttered by this man, absolutely flabbergast and absolutely, you know, turn the 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 the, the Sahaba, the state of the Sahaba, in a state of shock. He says, "Qal sadaqt." He says, "Sadaqt." 
The, mess, the, the man who replies to the Prophet after the Prophet has answered his question with regards to what is Islam and the Prophet, the Messenger of Allah has defined to him what is Islam, the man turns around and says, you have spoken the truth. You have spoken the truth. You're asking a question and now you're confirming that the answer is indeed the correct answer. Indeed, that is very, very strange. And that is why Fa'ajibna lahu. That is why the Umar ibn al-Khattab says that we were shocked. We were amazed. I mean, this man is asking the question and then he's confirming by saying that you have spoken the truth. And then the hadith continues, right? And then uh, the man continues and he says, okay, tell me about Iman. What is Iman? So you, ha- you can see here, what is Islam? Now tell me about Iman. So the Messenger of Allah sallallahu wasallam says, Iman is, is to believe in Allah. To believe in Allah. Remember, Islam was what? Islam, we said, was to testify that there is no God but Allah and that Muhammad sallallahu wasallam is the Messenger of Allah. Right? And here we said, Iman is to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to believe in the angels and to believe in the books. And to believe in the messengers, and to believe in Yom Al Qiyamah, and to believe in the Qadr, Khair, and Washari from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And again, the man says Sadaqt. He's confirming the response of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And now the man says, "Tell me about Ihsan. What is Ihsan? What is this word Ihsan that we 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 hear about? And we will discuss this in more detail." But the Ihsan, it has this special significance. Special, and you don't almost get an English rendering which is inadequate. But it's almost like, you know, it's almost, you know, again, the dictionaries will give you the right action, the goodness, the charity, sincerity. Okay, uh, the rule also means to be master or proficient at, right? To, be, to achieve itqan or to achieve the highest level. The highest level, right? So you get the multitude of you know uh, uh, of uh, translations from this word ihsan. Tell, tell me about ihsan. Almost like perfection. Tell me about this rightness, this this sincerity, the 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 mastery of actions. Tell me about ihsan. What is ihsan? What is this excellence? How do you achieve? How does one achieve excellence? What is ihsan? So the message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam says is that you worship Allah. The highest form is to worship Allah as if you see him. And then, then you'll see the, the connection between this hadith and the last hadith. One, uh, one of intention, one of action, one of purifying intentions. You purify the intention through ihsan that you worship Allah. You conduct your affairs. You conduct your mu'amalat in, with the, with, always cognizant. That Allah sees my action. In fact, here, as if you are, as, as if uh, is it, it is to worship Allah as though you are seeing Him, as though you are seeing Him, as though you are in front, in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you are able, unable to see Him, then verily He sees you. And if, if verily, if you are. Uh, he said, uh, and as though you see, uh, you are seeing him, and while you see him not, yet truly he sees you. And then he, uh, he continues, he says, فَأَخْبِرْنِي عَنِ السَّاعَةِ Tell me about the hour. Tell me about the hour. And مَا الْمَسْؤُولِ أَنَهَا بِعَعْلَمَ مِنَ السَّائِلِ That the message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa says, that the one questioned about it, i.e. the one who is, the, uh, me, uh, the one who is being questioned, knows no better than the questioner. And then he asks him, okay, tell me about the signs, the hour, the signs of the hour. And then the Messenger of Allah sallallahu tells him about the signs of Yom Al-Qiyamah, the signs before Qiyamah. And that includes the slave girl giving birth to her mistress. And that will include that you see the barefooted, you see the destitute, the half-dressed, you know, dressed, the naked herdsmen competing in constructing huge lofty buildings Allahu Akbar that we see today and then he leaves then he leaves right and he leaves and Umar ibn Khattab says and I stayed there for a while in the company of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam okay and then the messenger of Allah turns to me and he says oh Umar 
Oh, Umar, do you know who this man was? Do you know who this man was who was questioning? And I said, oh, Allah, oh, oh Messenger of Allah, Allah and His Messenger know best. And Rasulullah informed me and informed us that thou was Jibreel. Thou was the angel Jibreel. And thou was the angel Jibreel who had come in the shape, in the form of a man. And he had come so that he can teach you your deen. Allahu Akbar. Wallahi, it's a, it, it's, it's a hadith that we're going to be going into. It's a hadith that we're going to be reflecting on, upon what is Islam, what is Iman, what is Ihsan, right? So that we can, you know, try to apply this into our lives. We're going to re be reflecting upon what are the implications of Ihsan, what are the implications of understanding Iman, what are the implications of understanding the, uh, the final signs of the, that that are you know mentioned by the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, we're going to look at some of the challenges around iman. You know the the some of the challenges around our iman. You know and and you know being affected by our environment, being affected by circumstances. We're going to be discussing all of that, inshallah ta'ala, and we're going to try and reflect upon that because indeed even in the commentary on this hadith. Allahu Akbar, well over a hundred pages. You know, one of the texts that we refer to, right, is Sharh uh, Al-Arba'in An-Nawi by Jamaluddin Zara Buzu and an introduction by Dr. Ja'afr Sheikh Idris. And subhanAllah, it's two volumes and over, over nearly 2,000 pages long. And he dedicates all, over a hundred plus pages just to the Sharh of this hadith so we don't have the opportunity to go through a hundred plus pages of this hadith but what we will do is we will look at uh, an abridged version of the sharh of this hadith and uh, let's just start by looking at some of the the commentary on this particular hadith and you know the, uh, one of the books uh, other books that we're using is uh, Abdul uh, no no is Al Imam Abi Al Fadl Ibn Hajar Al Asqalani Al Shafi'i uh, and, and his sharh uh, uh, on, on this hadith and he says هذا حديث عظيم قد اشتمل على جميع وظائف العبادات الظاهرة والباطنة وعلوم الشريعة كلها راجعة إليه ومتشعبة منه لما تضمنه من جمل علوم السنة فهو كالأم, كالأم السنة كما سميت الفاتحة أم القرآن لما تضمنته من جمل معاني القرآن so these opening words you can see here, he says, Hada Hadith Azim. This is a, a very comprehensive, a very great hadith. It's a very, very profound hadith. And in fact, it why? Why is it so profound? Because it touches upon almost every deed of Islam. Right? Every deed of Islam. In fact, Qadi Iyad is uh, pointed out that this hadith covers or points to all aspects of the inner word. And the external acts of worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you see, the Islam, the external, the iman, the internal, right? Okay, so it touches upon the deeds that are related to the external elements and organs as well as the, the you know, deeds that are related to the heart. Okay, and for that reason, this hadith is one of the most comprehensive hadiths. This hadith, he con continues to go on to say, it is a... Uh, Alright, so this hadith is known as the hadith of Jibrail. Okay, we, we, we mentioned that earlier. It is also called the Umm Sunnah. The foundation of the Sunnah, right? So it's got a, it's got a tal um Sunnah in the same way that what is Surah Al-Fatiha known as? Surah Fatiha is known as the Umm Al-Kitab, the foundation, right, of, of the Quran Al-Karim, the mother of the of the Quran. It, it is the opening Umm 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 Al-Quran, right? It's the foundation of the Quran, and that and likewise, this Hadith is known as the foundation of Sunnah, in the same way that Surah Al-Fatiha encompasses the meaning of the Quran. As a whole, this in hadith encompasses the meaning of the Sunnah as a whole. According to Ibn Hajar, 
right? Ibn Hajjah. So that's the opening in terms of the, the basis of this hadith. And like I said, it's a very profound hadith and it's the bedrock, bedrock of, you know, not only understanding some a lot of the hadith, but understanding Ihsan, understanding Iman, understanding Islam, and that what emanates from all of this, right? Uh, all right, so Ibn Hajjah, Ibn Hajjah, very quickly, we're already running out of time. He mentions that in fact this incident, this incident, this incident of when you know Jibrail Islam comes in the shape of a man in front of the Sahaba to teach them their deen. This incident actually, and this actually surprised me when I was re reading this. It took place close to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi death, very close to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi death, before the Prophet sallallahu alaihi was going to pass away or before he passed away, and that really surprised me when I when I read that with about this, this hadith because you would think this hadith is a very foundational, very you know early hadith which is talking about the foundations of Islam, foundations of Islam, but in fact it is a very late hadith. Uh, some of the commentators say that it was just before the death of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi and some say that it was just before the farewell pilgrimage, right? Hence it was as if the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam through the questioning of Jibrail is summarizing his mission, he's summarizing his message and he's summarizing the essential components of Iman, of Islam, Ihsan, right? So that the Sahaba very well understand and they understand and they learn and they review and they take away exactly what is Islam, Ihsan and Iman. Right, and at the end of the hadith, the Prophet sallallahu says that this man, he, he was Jibril, and he came to teach you your deen. Right, Allahu Akbar, and Subhanallah, we're gonna in from next week onwards, we're gonna go into the lessons from this hadith. Uh, this very very powerful hadith second hadith we will go into the lessons of this hadith inshallah from next week but like i said subhanallah we've already come to the end of today's show you know just before you know i do go i'm gonna ask you that subhanallah a lot of you are probably listening to these reminders uh, a lot of you are probably listening to some of the reflections that we're, we're covering some of the lessons that we uh, you know we we touch upon uh you know i i, I would like you to share your thoughts uh, your feedback, uh, your questions, uh, sh any shortfalls in in the conversation. Perhaps we could have looked at the hadith from a, a, a wider perspective, from an ideological perspective, from a, a perspective of society, community, and I wasn't able to cover it in in that in in that way. You know, feel free to sending your thoughts, and I'll pick that up, and I'll hope that inshallah, then I can I can include that into my conversation in the in the next session inshallah we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he accepts this from us i ask ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that any good is from him and uh, i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala any shortcomings uh from myself and uh, i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he allows us to understand absorb implement what we discuss, what we hear into our lives, into our hearts, and into our minds, and into our actions. Until next week, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org. You'll find all our daily updates on our social media at inspirefmluton.